September is here. Bring it on, fall. And bring on more. Cletus, Cavalier. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. The dust has cleared, quite literally, at McFly Middle School. But the students' problems are far from over. As my son describes it to me, in the midst of the dust cloud, portals appeared, black circles here and there. And children, middle schoolers, were whisked into them, one after another. The kids' superheroes, young ones, are all gone. Save one. Kid superhero Buck Travers. And he's on a mission to save his friends. I wish I had more of an update than that. That's all I know. For now. Welcome to the lab. Thank you for joining us yet again for episode 134. September is here, and I hope for you it is full of cheer. And Cletus Cavalier. Cletus Cavalier's Space Run, Part 3. Cletus remembered being apprehended by the scavengers. The scavengers were a race as dumb and unpredictable as they were strong and cruel, and the last aliens you would want to be under the thumb of. Cletus woke some indistinguishable time later, warm, damp, badly bruised, in a small cell located within the Osborne asteroid, the Osborne was an asteroid the size of a city block. Half was still million-year-old rock. The other half had been developed into a secret outpost, where 100 or so scavengers had set up a permanent, temperature-controlled, and smartly decorated settlement a few months previous. You're a long way from home. A gruff, gray-bearded scavenger toyed with Cletus as a cat would play with its prey before pouncing. Cletus, the victim in this particular scenario, considered quietly how to play his hand, if he had a hand at all to play. Poised safely outside the cell bars, the scavenger droned on. Cletus's head pounded, and he heard little of what was said to him. Uh, my ship... Gave out on me. He spoke through the pain. Otherwise, I'd be on top of the pack by now. On Asteria. This pack reference got the attention of Cletus's scavenger captor and steered the conversation in a different, more dangerous direction. The scavenger unlocked and entered the cage, leaned down close to whisper in Cletus's ear. If you're lying to me, you'll pay for it. I know, was the only response Cletus could muster. Cletus O. K. 
Cavalier? Uh-huh. The O stands for... Odysseus. Odysseus? And you go by Cletus? Yeah. The scavenger laughed. Cletus is an accountant. A mechanic, actually. But Odysseus, now that is a god's name. I will call you Odysseus. I am Scowl. Lovely. Middle name? The. Last name? Tormentor. Scavengers have such straightforward names, Cletus replied. Scowl laughed again harder, deeper, the kind of laugh that is at first welcome, but then becomes creepy as it evolves. Few would be able to talk themselves out of a jam with a scavenger, especially on a rock occupied by at least another 100 leather-armor-clad, face-painted, purge-extra-looking Mad Max rejects, but Cletus had a knack for directing people. It comes with a mechanic territory, one that often involves delivering bad economic news and then convincing the receiver of such news to dig deep in their pockets. It probably didn't hurt that Scowl hadn't talked to anyone not on this rock in many months. And of course there was that mention of the pack. That was key. If, according to Scowl, Cletus would lead him to the hidden pack base, Cletus might just be allowed to live. Scowl was most interested in what Cletus had to say about the pack versus scavenger battles on Geo, a battle Scowl had fled a year ago to save his family, one the scavengers had been losing. Well, the tide has turned in your favor, my friend, Cletus informed Scowl. It really had, too. The pack had deployed every fighter available to put down the scavengers, and in recent weeks, the pack was having a hard time keeping up. Cletus didn't have much of a plan, except to keep talking and eventually hope to outwit his captor. Staying alive was top priority. Beyond that, he'd play it by ear. Let's get something to eat. The two conversed at a lunch table. Well, after all of the fish and chips had been devoured, well into the afternoon, eventually they struck a tenuous deal. Look, I want access to your garage, parts and all, to fix my ship right. I can do it by the end of the day with the proper equipment. Tomorrow, I'll lead you to the outpost. We'll ransack it together and split everything 50-50. Scowl laughed hard again. For a guy named Scowl, you have quite the laugh, Cletus retorted. 75-25 us. You won't have room to haul much in that junker anyway. Cletus's bargaining power was nil. He had to take what he could get. How do I know you won't double-cross me? Cletus jabbed. An interesting question, given that his own mind was working overtime with specifics regarding how he had already betrayed the secrecy of the Asteria outpost, in addition to how he might eventually have to turn on Scowl and his crew. Scowl laughed another deep, hearty, evil Santa Claus-like laugh. Oh, Odysseus, I will most certainly double-cross you. Cletus's smile turned upside down. 
His request for shop access approved, Cletus worked late into the night, stealthily sizing up the scavenger crafts that had been prepped and set out for a morning launch, and on his ship, preparing it for the 19-plus hour journey ahead, he planned and talked to the AIK-205. Oh, how am I going to explain this to the pack? Hey, sorry I'm late, and I hope you don't mind I let a bunch of scavengers here to pick clean every piece of value on your outpost, but here's your medical supplies. Gotta go. Cletus made a plan A, and a plan B, and a plan C. None of them were great. He had a sinking feeling that the end of tomorrow could bring only one result. Both sides, the pack and the scavengers, would likely want him... Yeah, you know. Cletus did not sleep well that night. How will Cletus get out of this one? Tune in next week for part four, our most action-packed chapter yet, in the seven-part series of Cletus Cavalier's Space Run. I have one more thing to share, listeners. As September is the new October, I hear. Perhaps a Halloween tale is in order? Too soon? Now sit back and enjoy this short, scary, little ditty titled The Toy Collector. As fall devours the summer, as the night overshadows the day, an eeriness creeps in, comes along to take your playthings away. The toy collector strikes at night while you are fast asleep. When you awake to find your gobots gone, you will know it was that creep. A toy here and a toy there. Who would notice one or two? It was that dastardly toy collector. Not your parents who all along knew. It was him, I swear. He's sly as a fox. It's the toy collector, not your parents with a donation box. No, not mom and dad, who see dollar signs galore when they take your things to ye old toy store. Let this tale not bring you nightmares of empty spots upon the shelf, but keep a close eye on your favorites. They depend on you, yourself. Fear not, the maniacal toy collector. You have too many playthings anyway. That is a story that scares the pants off my son, young ones. And old ones. And that will close this week's episode of the Mystery Lab. We'll be back next week with more Cletus Cavalier, likely more Halloween fun, too, as we count down the days to our three-year podcast anniversary. Have a wild and wonderful and weird and fun and creative week, young ones. Be good to each other. Build bridges. Be helpers. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. 
Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.